friends and family. Welcome to the Audio Senior Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Dempsey, and I'm joined with my co-pilot. Jake Wild. And today we have maybe our most special guest yet. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> we have, we're very excited for this one. Would you like to Definitely. introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm Mr. Piali. I uh, teach at Byron Hills High School and at HCC Crittenden School as well. And I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. I'm excited to have you. Exactly. Thank you for joining. So um, something that we, we like to ask all of our guests just once we first start is, um, like, how are you How are you doing during this crazy time? How are you doing during quarantine? And how are you dealing and trying to, uh, like, maybe have a routine and get through your days? Yeah. So, you know, I in terms of how I'm doing, I kind of go up and down. You know, in the beginning, there was a... Uh, an excitement to try something new and to, you know, not have to drive an hour to, to school every right. day I live in the city. Um, so I was excited to kind of set my own schedule and, and, and try something new and create these new projects with students virtually. Um, so that lasted about a week or two. And then the severity of the whole situation kind of set in and my new reality set in and I didn't like it and I <laughs> didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and I wanted to just go back to school and see the kids and, you know, get back to the room. And uh, so there was a bit of resistance there. So that, that took some working through emotionally and then just had to kind of pick myself back up and say, okay, this is our new situation and we have to make the best of it. And then um, things started to get better after that. But uh, I, I continually go up and down personally and I have to kind of reinvent my day and like yeah earlier with the routine like i think it's i needed to establish a routine for myself with getting up at a certain time and eating right and exercising and that has really helped too so what is a day in the life of mr fiali like with your routine that you're saying okay so a day in the life of mr fiali so uh i wake up at 7 15 um every morning early and pretty early yep um dedication it, it it is uh and it's it's dedication and persistence because right. I am the most well-balanced and uh, positive and, and function at my highest capacity when I have some kind of sense of routine. Yeah. Um, so I have my coffee in the mornings, the first thing, you know, coffee, yeah. hot go yeah. on. I get in the shower, the coffee, I have a percolator. So the percolator <laughs> gets going. Um, while I'm in the shower and then I hear it start to boil because I'm, I'm in I live in New York City so my everything is yep. like two feet from from yeah. itself <laughs> so I'm in the shower and like the kitchen's like literally two feet away and I leave the door open and when I hear the coffee percolating I know I have like seven more minutes in the shower I enjoy my morning hot shower and then, yeah um, I get out uh, wash my face and brush my teeth and then have my coffee I usually sit outside in the sun because I love the nice. sun uh, yeah. Or I sit here with my plants. I'll show you my plants. For love the plants. Wow, love it. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do love taking care of plants. It's always been a special part of my life. Um, love nature. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I have my coffee and I do a little journaling in the morning. Write down my thoughts. Uh, that helps That's me. Nice. Like yeah, it helps me set my pace for the day. Um, and then I usually do a little bit of piano playing, uh, do something musical, something artistic in the morning before yeah. um, I start, you know, the email, the fiasco, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get lots of emails. 
Of course. So, um, you know, start and then start the emails and the teaching. If I have teaching classes that day or grading yeah. do in the morning, I make little lists, like you can see here, of things I'm going to do that day and things I need to get done by the end of the day. And I update that list at night um, of what I didn't get to. Yeah. And, um, then I break for lunch uh, at like 11 if I can or 1130. Um, and then I go for, or, you know, before lunch, I go for a run or do a workout midday first. And then I have my lunch after and then I get back to work. And then usually I'm done by like three or four now. And then I'll either do another workout or uh, make dinner. And then after dinner, I go to the park, walk around, and I kind of take the evenings off to yeah. Do more creative again or go outside in nature with my face mask on I have over here somewhere. Um, yeah, and then I uh, at night I do some reading and I take a long shower and um, I just kind of sit and I put my earphones on so I don't hear my neighbors. <laughs> Meditation music I listen to sometimes and just kind of zone out and, and think about my day and uh, get to bed by 10, 10, 10.30. Nice. I really appreciate how methodical this all is. It's all well thought out. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I haven't had this type of, or at least that strict of a structure since school. Cause I feel like school just provides you with the structure. That's, so you're not yeah. really doing it on your own. Totally. And like when, when it's left into your control, I feel like it's so hard to really put that into place. Yeah. I think in, in this kind of time where everything is so chaotic, any kind of yeah. sense of normalcy that I can create in my own day just gives me more of a right. sense of control. And I think personally, I need that a little bit right now because otherwise I'm left to my own devices. I mean, I spent two weeks in quarantine where my schedule was all over the place and I was mm -hmm. watching a lot of TV and, you know, just, you know, working yeah. nonstop for the whole day with no break. And like my eyes were hurting from looking at the computer all day and that wasn't healthy either. So it's like these spurts of doing things right. too long is also not great for us, regardless of what we're doing. So um, yeah, it, it has helped me kind of find a, a sense of balance. Really nice. Do you think that um, do you think that it helps to change to change it up a little bit? Like, do you have you found that it helps to change even just like a little thing, like doing something else? Like, do you find that that helps make the days a little bit different and go a little totally, quicker? Totally. And also necessary. So this is all like an experiment, right? Because we try things and we, we try to make our lives better all the time. And sometimes something works really well. And other times, most of the time, it needs an adjustment. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, like the past two days, I just like didn't want to, I just didn't want to work out. I just didn't yeah. feel like I wanted to go for my, my African workouts. I was like, you know what, I'm going to not do that today. And instead... Um, I like took a drive and went to uh, Manhattan. I went to the Upper West Side at one point and walked yeah. around a little bit. Uh, you know, I went to the Cloisters another day, which is up on Northern Manhattan, uh, Inwood area. And I did a jog up there, but like a very leisurely jog or I took my bike too. Um, yeah, so I change it up every now and then too, just to kind of give me a little bit of right. flexibility yeah. and and kind of changes my thinking a little bit and gives me some more creative creative spontaneity. Uh, which mm -hmm. is nice too. Yeah. The other day I just, you know, watched uh, an episode on Netflix for like two and a half hours instead of yeah. my my evening reading or whatever. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I think changing it up definitely helps. It can definitely, yeah. Yep. So um, something that I think that I've always wondered is just kind of um, like for you. So we've obviously, me and Alex, Alex yeah. and I have had like this wonderful high school experience where 
in, in terms of like music and theater where we've definitely just been able to do um, pretty much everything that we've wanted to in the, within the school. Um, like how was your high school experience in terms of music when you were in, yeah. when you were in high school and like, how did you experience it? Yeah. So my experience was very different from the Byron Hills experience. Um, one, I went to a Catholic school, so it was very structured and, and a bit rigid academically. Um, all the classes looked pretty much the same in terms of the structure of those classes. Um, music for the school was uh, supported, but it wasn't uh, given the same kind of um, autonomy and freedom yeah. within the world as as Byron Hills um, is given. So we didn't go to do competitions. We didn't go out yeah. to school because um, the administration valued the academics as a priority and right. didn't want to take students yeah. away from the school during the day at all, ever. So um, that changed a little bit of what we did. But within the chorus class, my teacher was was awesome. He's actually retiring this year. Um, he created a really great community and a high yeah. uh, learning experience for for music. And and it's what brought me to the ability to uh, to pursue music in yeah. college and to become a music teacher. I mean, in my senior year, um, he asked me if I wanted to conduct a piece on one of the concerts. And I said, yeah, totally. And I did, uh, it was a a hymn called Infant Holy, Infant Lowly for the Christmas concert. Uh, Cause you know, we did Christmas concerts cause it was school. And and I remember rehearsing with the, with the the group and I, you know, I felt something kind of come alive. I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I I like leading other people in this and making music and and inspiring and motivating other people through so. I think I want to. I want to look into this. I want to pursue this. So yeah, yeah it was it was a great experience for me, but very different from the Byram Hills experience. Yeah. yeah. Was there so, any yeah. one like moment that you could say or you could like pinpoint to like that was the moment I realized I wanted to become a teacher? Yeah. So one moment, you know, it's it almost teaching is almost something that kind of just that was always there and. Um, made sense because of all of the things that I valued in my life and all the things I love to do. So, you know, I, I remember as a teenager, I was a camp counselor for five years or so, ever since I was like 14, I started at this camp that I was um, going to every summer since I was a kid. And I started doing what they call the service crew. So like you do like the dishes and, you know, you build stuff in the, in the, uh, in the woods, you know, and, and you, take care of the docks and, you know, at the waterfront. So you're doing all the service stuff to the camp. And then the next yeah. year you can apply to become a counselor. So I did that for years and I always loved helping other people. I always loved working with other people as a teacher, but not as a traditional teacher. And then I always loved music. So it was just a matter of time before those things started to coincide for me. Um, but I do remember the moment I wanted to lead others in song as a yeah. choral director and that was um, when I was 16 and I was at the Allstate Festival in Rochester. Um, and we were performing a piece and the conductor was working with us. And it was just one of those moments where like you're on one of those chords and you're yeah. singing and yeah. just so the cutoff and then the resonance and it's just so powerful and you're all connected. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, I want to do this. I want to be up there. I want to do this. And uh, that really was the start of, of seriously pursuing it for me. Yeah. What do you think, um, what role do you think that 
like your piano playing and your your own vocal performance played into um, like becoming a teacher and like your studies in college? What role do you think did that play? Well, it played all of the role, actually. Um, okay. You know, I, I think the number one most important thing that anybody can do uh, before you enter teaching is to study a content, to study something that that you can connect to on a personal level that intellectually, emotionally, and creatively inspires you. Um, I think, I think studying music for me makes me a teacher. I I couldn't teach music unless I really studied music first. Um, the teaching happened along the way always, but, uh, I always knew that I loved music first. And that was, that was a necessary first love because if you don't have something to, to really believe in and something that you believe in that will help other people be happier and more joyful and more connected to the world and to others and to themselves, then you don't have anything to teach, right? right. You're just teaching to teach. And then doesn't, there's no point in that. It's like we, we're teaching to help other people become better versions of themselves and more ethically and emotionally and intellectually evolved people. Right. So uh, I think studying music was the number one most important thing that I did. Um, yeah. And I continue to do it now. And, and and when I continue to do it, it impacts my teaching in a positive way. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's uh, that that had been the the, the first and foremost, most important yeah. thing it remains to be this day to continue to be a musician. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. There was um, there was this story that you told us that I think inspired me a lot. And it was this story when we were on the bus after we didn't win at a, at Disney. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to tell a little bit of that story? Sure. Sure. <laughs> a little um, inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there was this competition at our college. I think every music school has this big, what they call a concerto competition yeah. uh, where students would audition um, for the competition at the end of every year, uh, and they would prepare this big piece, which is called a concerto, which is a piece for a solo instrument, yeah. um, whether that's a voice or, or another instrument, and for orchestral um, accompaniment. But it's it's more of a chamber chamber piece, depending on the scale of the work. But um, I did my third year of school, my junior year, I, I prepared an audition and I had worked on it for um, a year. And that's about as, as long as it takes to learn uh, a piano concerto. Um, and when you're that age, and I remember I chose it in, in July, the year before, right before school and then, or no, in May of the year before. And then I auditioned the following May, you know, I practiced eight, 10 hours a day, spent my entire summer up there. It was like, kind of like a culmination of my studies at that point. Um, and, uh, I got to the audition and I performed and my best friend was also my roommate. He also performed and competed. Um, and I ended up placing fourth and there were only top three spots that won the prize and the winners were, uh, the prize was you got to play with the school orchestra, your piece the following fall. So I didn't place, it was by like point four points or something oh. way from, and then this oboist, um, uh, Billy, her name was phenomenal player. She placed above me uh, third, but my friend placed second. So he got to play, you know, and I, and I didn't. So that was a, that was a huge, in my mind, then a, a, a defeat, you know, and it was, yeah. it was emotionally yeah. very difficult. 
to work through that or to, to really work towards something that you wanted so bad more than anything in my entire life. Um, and to not get it was, was, right. you know, and yeah. it really, you know, to me, I had to, I had a choice. I could either take that as a defeat and as a sign that I wasn't good enough to do this. Um, you know, I'm like, I wasn't at Juilliard. I wasn't at the top. I was, uh, I was uh, still at a good school, but I knew that, you know, there, there was a voice inside of me that says like, well, you're not even like, you know, you can't even place in this and you're not even at that school. Like, how are you ever going to do this in your life? You know, like there was those voices in there and um, I could listen to that or I could listen to the other side, which was true that I had grown more as a musician and pianist performer than I've ever grown in my entire life in this 12 month span because I took on this huge project that had this possibility for such feat. Right. It was a high risk, um, uh, a high risk gamble. Right. Yeah. Um, and I chose to listen to the to the latter voice because it was the most true voice. And it's because of that that I was able to the next year come back to school. I added a fifth year to my um, my bachelor's so that I could learn another piece, do the competition wow. again. And then the, the next year I won first place. So, um, that's awesome. And that, you know, that experience was really, yes, it was to prove to myself that I could do it. Um, but it was also, I was no longer competing to win. I was competing because this is something I chose for my life to be a musician. And it was something that I wanted to overcome within myself and something I wanted to, uh, attain for myself lifelong, not just for this one particular And I think that's probably why I was more successful the next time because something else started to settle into us. But I never would have made those strides and I never would have um, overcome those fears uh, and made those realizations about myself if I didn't choose to listen to the right voice after that to feel. I feel that's so important. Like kind of like being able to recover from like defeats. I think that makes you an even stronger person than winning, honestly, because, you know, we all experience loss and like defeat in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I feel like defeat is just a test to see how we can recover and like become a better person because of it. And I think your story really emphasizes that. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I I agree. You know, well said. I've always liked that story a lot. I just always think back to that in times of like, and yeah, in times of when you when you fail one time and you know that there's there's always the next. And I think that yeah, I think it's a great story. Something I something that I wanted to ask was um was well kind of just something that I've learned throughout high school is like the importance of learning um all different types of music. Mm-hmm. So like in in choir we um yeah. I think that our, our music selection is very important because we have jazz choir and we have concert choir, but we, we pick from such a wide variety of music mm-hmm. so um do you want to speak a little to like how how you pick the music and how you decide what's best for us yeah you know it, it's yeah there the, this is a really important question because it's mm-hmm. probably the most important decision that we make as choral music educators is the right we choose to put in front of the students because the music is the curriculum right we don't have a textbook yeah. We have pieces that we choose to study or not. And there are good pieces out there and there are mediocre pieces and there are just not great pieces. 
music. So um, we have to choose pieces that are rich in um, content. They're rich in complexity. Uh, they engage us. They touch us in a way that uh, it makes us feel more alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also make us think. They make they make us open our mind to the world and other perspe- other perspectives, yeah. other cultures. Uh, it's really I, I view the music as a vehicle into finding out more about the world that we live in and what connects us together. So that's kind of like my overarching value point when in terms of what I'm choosing. And then from there, I look to uh, give a little bit of the whole spectrum of style, whole spectrum of music history uh, over the course of a student's four years. So I'm looking at it as, okay, I'm not going to be able to get everything in one year, but over the course of somebody being in my course from ninth grade to 12th grade, how can I cover the whole or a a good spectrum of that, um, of that repertoire? And then in that as well, I also like to have an element of student choice. So, uh, you know, it's not just me up at the top of the podium and my students down there and I'm just kind of giving them all this stuff and I need them to learn it, right? I want the students to be a part right. of, of the learning right. process as well. And I want them to have a voice in the type of music that we study um, and what's relevant to them and bringing that into the classroom too, because that's also meaningful. So we have the cabaret performance and I exactly. think that really helps us with that. Mm-hmm. So the students choose the theme for the year, the seniors, and then they help me pick the music for that particular concert. And I think that's a really important component. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, Dempsey, should I ask him the final question or do you think we got one more before that? Ooh. I can ask a question. Is there any piece in choir that like kind of changed your perspective or anything? Has there been like a choir piece that kind of just changed how you thought about something or like kind of questioned your belief or anything? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, a piece that I've chosen. Usually when I choose a piece, I already have, have researched it well and I've kind of yeah. made my determinations about it. And then it's more about reflecting on how the students yeah. thinking has changed through it. Yeah. But uh, rarely will I give a piece that I've that I haven't really understood. So whether then changing my mind after hmm, trying to think. Um You know, I had never done If Music Be the Food of Love before. And that was the first time that we did it together. I remember I sang it in high school, but I never conducted it or studied it. Um, and then when I gave it out to the group, feeling it and hearing it uh, was a much more meaningful experience, I think, as a conductor than, than as a singer. It was different. Um, right. You know, connecting to music and how music can feed us like love feeds us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of felt that as a, in a different way as the leader of that particular uh, performance, which was really meaningful to me. So it, it didn't make change the way I thought about the piece, but right. it made me experience it in a different, different light. Yeah, it was really important. Yeah. So one one little different question. I was just yeah. thinking about this. Um, I'm sorry. You guys see me? Yeah. Um, so one little different question. Um, if you're going for a run or like a bike ride or something, what what music are you listening to? Like 
Like, what's your first oh my goodness, choice in music? Question. So, so I listen to like the most thumpa thumpa music I can find when I'm on when I'm working out. I do not listen to classical music. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I do not. I listen to like I have like run pop playlist i think on my apple music um run run uh run playlist just straight up run playlist uh yeah so if i, I need that doom, 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 yeah you yeah. need that my, my favorite is the ones that you know has that uh build up and then the beat drop yeah. right working out like you need to like have those elevations and then release and the elevation right kind of like interval training so yeah. I look for music that kind of gives, I mean, all the stuff that I teach in my SMPC classes, like that kind of yep. yeah. electronic dance music, all that, like that really helps me maintain the high heart rate and the intensity, but also give me um, variability within the workout as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Awesome. You think that is classical something, something that is more for focus or more for um, a different just type of mood? Yeah, so for classical music for me, it's never been like background music. It's always listened to like with intention. Right. I can't, it's hard for me to have back, um, have classical music on and not be thinking analytically or thinking like emotionally or trying to connect to the meaning yeah. or more. Like, I'll try like washing my dishes or cooking and having like a Bach cantata on or a Mozart <laughs> opera. And then the next thing I know, I'm like staring at the YouTube link and I'm yeah. like, I like, ooh, researching that artist and like, wait, what are they actually saying about here? So it's it's hard for me to have that as background music, but yeah. I find classical music for me, it's always been a source of inspiration, a source of intrigue, right. of, of deep intellectual thought um, and just aesthetic enjoyment. Sometimes I'll just sit and listen and just bathe in the gorgeous timbres yeah. and tones that I'm hearing from this completely acoustic created music, which is different from the computerized music of our digital, right. which also serves a purpose for me as well. But it's a much more, uh, a deeper connection that I feel to to acoustic instruments. And similarly to when I listen to like singer songwriter stuff, like when I look to go into that introspective place and I don't want something so technical, I'll put on my singer songwriter radio and just like a, a guy or girl with their guitar is like, all I need to have That's that awesome. melancholic moment or interesting yeah. moment walking outside, looking at the skyline, you know? So I think depending on wh what I need in my life, all music right. styles have a, have a different place and, and purpose. That's awesome. Definitely. It's funny that you say that because, or like the part about um, how it's like classical music, like you can, it needs to be completely focused because um, a few years back I was in the car with my grandfather, who's a musician and he was, he put the, I put the radio on and he said, I can't, I can't listen to the radio right now because if he listens to music while he's driving, he ends up just completely focusing on the music instead of driving. Like if it's something that he thinks is yeah. interesting, like you can't even focus on the road. It's like, yeah, it's like as a musician, you kind of just tend to focus on that first, which is interesting. Yeah. I do think and I don't want to think at all. And I just want sound to like impact me. That's when I like, like I mentioned the meditation music. Yeah. Uh, or like sound healing, they call it, you know. Right. Because it's these just long tones with no changing harmony mm -hmm. or very slow harmonic rhythm. And it just allows you to just be in the sounds and the vibrations. And it slows your thinking, slows your heart rate. And you don't really have to think yeah. about it. And I, I enjoy that too, but I'm just trying to zone out. Definitely. I got that. Yeah. So, Jake, okay. you want to ask our, uh, our last question? Sure. So uh, Goldie was on our podcast one day. Yeah. He, uh -huh. he asked us this question really and we really... I, I just had a great uh, voice lesson with Goldie yesterday. He did really? Yeah, he told yeah. us about it, yeah. 
he oh, yeah, he told us. I, I actually let, really like doing uh, the the voice lessons via Zoom. It was very helpful, very beneficial. That's awesome. Yes. So Goldie asked us this question, which was um, really interesting for us to think about. It's kind of a deeper question. Mm -hmm. So it's, he kind of asked us on like, what do you want um, your legacy to be like as a teacher or just as a person? What do you want people to think yeah. of when they think of you? Mm, this is a really good question. Um, I want them to think that uh, I was kind um, that I was a loving person, uh, that I was generous and magnanimous, and I was empathetic, and I thought about other people's needs and did my best to meet those needs. Um, I would want them to, to say that I was a creative and expressive person and um, a joyful person. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So, all right, that's that's we're coming to the end of our uh, yeah. our podcast here. So, I just at, uh, before we finish up, I think just we wanted to thank you, Alex and I, yeah, just for everything for sure. that you've done for us. Um, yeah. you've definitely changed our lives in a positive way through music. So, Love thank you for that. Yes, and yes. I hope, thank you so much. And I hope it's not over. This is just it is not over. No, it's just no. the beginning. beginning. Come on. Yes. You know. All right. Oh, yeah. So we end off these podcasts in a little bit of a silly way. So we all say, we do a countdown and then we say, adios, senor. Okay. You know, like it's an exit. So we thing. finish off. Wait, adios, you want to, senor? Like adios, senor. Adios, senor. Yes. Just finished. All right. So Thompson, you um, want to count down? I will. All right. Three, two, one. Adios, adios senor. Adios, senor. senor. <laughs>